Welcome to the Powered by Age, Age-Friendly City Zoomcast, reality-style podcast. We are movers and shakers, shaking up the old notion of silent, helpless, invisible seniors. This is a new series of podcasts funded by the City of Vancouver and the 411 Senior Center Society. As PBAAFC ambassadors, we raise awareness, share our original stories and poems, inform, advocate, and involve seniors in discussing important social issues. In short, these podcasts will help us, you, in creating an age-friendly city for Vancouver today, tomorrow the world. You can hear us everywhere podcasts are heard. Welcome to the Powered by Age weekly podcast. We have got a great set of things lined up today because we're talking about what are you full of? And we're going to be having a guest chef who's going to talk with us and show some things that are good for filling up your insides. But first, we'll start with our usual um, introductions. And we also are going to have some special poetry. I, I know what um, Neil brought to our Thanksgiving, our pre-Thanksgiving show dinner table. But if anyone else has brought something, we will be seeing that after we have our special presentation from the chef. So starting right up with my left, um, you have Robin introduce herself. (laughs) Yeah, hi, nice to see everyone again today. Uh, My name's Robin. I am one of the podcast uh, participants and mentors on the project. I'm a radio maker and community engagement facilitator. And one of the things that is filling me up um, lately is just feeling a lot of gratitude for um, all of the bounty that I that I feel and have been able to to witness in my life lately. So uh, I, I really appreciate that. Okay. Uh, I'm Charlotte Farrell. I didn't introduce myself. I'm a poet. I'm the coordinator for this project, and I um, I love telling stories and eliciting people's stories. Neil? Yeah, hi. Um, I'm Neil Ryan, and the author of From the Other Side, a book of poetry and short stories. Uh, And... uh, I live in grace. I do, I do, I do. I just am so grateful for the, the, the experience that I have of being my age and being happy. Thank you. Leslie. Yes, I'm Leslie Hebert. I live in New Westminster. I teach English as a second language online, and I'm also a writer. And what am I full of today? Actually, I'm not very full because I'm fasting. I have a medical procedure tomorrow. But uh, amazingly, um, I was put on a vegetarian diet this week, and I've had nothing but fluids today. But I actually feel really good. My aches and pains have gone away. (laughs) Which is wow. sort of amazing. Yeah. And thankful for a uh, supportive family as well in this situation. So, yeah. Uh, Gail? Hi, everybody. I'm Gail Harwood. 
Uh, I'm, uh, I also um, teach uh, English and Humanities uh, to various students, uh, and I also write uh, past tense. I'll get back into writing again, but I'm doing a lot of consuming of documentaries and films nowadays, and uh, I'm just very grateful to be here and uh, um, have all the care that's given to me and for my friends and family. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful today, too. No, thank you. Chris? Um, I'm Chris, and uh, I live in East Van, and I'm a member of CORKE, the Queer Imaging and Writing uh, Collective for Elders. Um, so, um, theoretically, I'm a writer, uh, though somebody who writes and, and don't necessarily um, think of myself as a writer. Um, but one of the things that I have been working on is something of a, of a memoir. So um, it's a time to be grateful for all the experiences that I've had in my life, um, which have been extremely varied, and all of the people that have been supportive, supportive of me through all of those different stages and all those different places that I've lived and worked. Well, wonderful. Well, I am grateful for all of you and grateful to introduce our special guest today, Amanda. I don't back backlanek. <laughs> when she speaks, she can okay. correct my speaking of her name. But she was born and raised in Brazil. She holds a BA in international relations, and she's worked in different areas before starting to cook professionally. She Ooh. comes from a lineage of matriarchs, deeply involved with cooking for love. It was almost natural that the change should occur within her career and get her in the kitchen for good. She is a chef for the Neighborhood House and uh, Garden Neighborhood House. She joined it last October, and she's been working connections, meeting people, experimenting with ingredients, and learning about the food history and culture that laid the basics for nurturing the region. And today, she's full of ideas on how you can nurture, how we can nurture ourselves. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Charlotte, and thank you all for introducing yourselves. I will keep the mask on because I'm in, in Gordon House at the moment, and there are other staff here, so this is an extremely necessary precaution. And I hope you guys can hear me well. I'll speak as loud and clear as possible. Keep in mind that uh, English is my second language, or one of my second languages, so I'll try to <laughs> express myself to my best. Um, and I would like to start by um, saying thank you for inviting and having me today with the podcast. And also, um, before I start my presentation, I would like to acknowledge that um, I and Gordon House, we uh, proudly serve communities that live in the unceded territories of the Musqueam, Wet'suwet'en, Wet'u, and Squamish nations. Thank you. 
this connects me directly with what I'm grateful for because I'm so grateful to be here, to have the opportunity to work at a neighborhood house in the West End in Vancouver, in Canada, um, and to share a little bit of, you know, our <laughs> activities with you guys. Uh, right now I am alone at the moment. However, I do um, have uh, support from other staff. Uh, Joey, who is a farmer and urban, urban farming programmer, has brought me a lot of freshly harvested herbs and other goods. So I can show you guys some really just plucked out of the soil things. And I also have Stephanie, who is a Canada summer job student that has joined me this month. So you might, just in case you guys see activity in the background. Um, and, well, where to start? Well, we can all feel, I, I, I think, I believe, we can all feel the autumn, the fall getting to us. Um, here in the West End, it's... Um, it's very clear now that we're moving into fall season the the fall fog that comes from the sea and brings it makes everything foggy and and brings this um such sea the sea smell to everything um it's very interesting also the burnt sugar smell that um some trees leave in the air and we start to feel hungry all the time and we want to eat warm hearty food and we want to get snuggly and cozy and we want to sleep longer hours or we just want to you know keep chill not do so much so many activities because our body needs to retain some energy it's the hermit season as they say and it's important i believe for us to respect what our bodies ask for so I would like to show you guys some late summer squashes that we usually think, oh, they're so cute. They are very cute indeed. And lots of people use them for decoration. Um, however, they are a very good source of certain vitamins that we don't usually intake so often, such as vitamin K. Um, and also they carry a lot of flavor. So I love to roast these guys and they're so easy to um, chop. You don't have to peel the skins. So with pumpkins and squashes, one should always bear in mind and tubers in general, actually, the skins are very healthy. Um, if they are extremely hard to eat, um, you know, in harder uh, pumpkins, for example, um, you can just, roast them or boil them or steam them, steam them skin on and then peel it off. I find it much easier than peeling a whole pumpkin or half a pumpkin or even a quarter pumpkin. If you have to peel it, it's dangerous. The knife doesn't get there. The peeler doesn't get there because it's theoretically not supposed to be peeled. Uh, so that would be my first tip or suggestion that both pumpkins and squashes, they can be um, roasted or steamed or plainly cooked skin on and you can either eat the skin afterwards or just peel it off it's much easier I find um, what else 
I don't know. I've never done this before. So please bear with me and ask me questions and make comments because I, I tend to get shy if I if I the only one talking. Anyway, these were harvested um, this week. And as we know, they're late summer. So very soon they will be fully replaced by more folly items such as the mighty beet. I love beets and beets are one of the most versatile and um, interesting superfoods we have. They're also quite inexpensive compared to other produce. And it's one of those uh, vegetables that we can use all, all parts of it. So the green top, the top, the green tops can be turned into a salad um, or just a base for a warm salad. For example, you can chop the, the greens and, you know, wash them, keep them aside. If you're roasting or boiling your um, beets, you can later on combine them, the warm beets with the fresh greens and finish seasoning them together, and then you have a warm salad, and you use your whole beet, both bunches and the body. The stalks are also very good for, um, for doing, um, I'm sorry, not sweets, but baked goods. Um, you can extract a lot of sugar out of uh, not just the, the beet itself, but also the stalks. So if you quickly boil the, the stalks, just roughly chopped, quickly boil them with not too much water, and you keep that water, it's very good for using with baked goods to substitute um, for other wet parts, but also to substitute part of the sugar you're going to use. Um, okay, sorry about that sound. How do you wash them? How do I wash them? Yes. Um, so the most of the green parts I took already, and I placed them in a colander with the stalks down. Does it make mm -hmm. any sense? Yeah. What I'm doing? Um, so I have a kale here. When we're washing greens, leafy greens, we should bear in mind the easiest way to wash whatever leafy stuff you have is to wash with the stalk down, as nature made it. Just think of how the rain falls on the, on the green and it nurtures it from the outside to the inside. It's the same way to wash it. It's easier to get the water out afterwards, whether you have a spinner or not, you just shake it in the colander. Um, so I wash, I get all the tops of the beets, I wash them, I put them in the colander and I wash them with my hands. I, we do have a spinner, then I spin it, but it's also a good moment to check, you know, for bugs or other things, because if there is a bug in your green, give, give thanks. It means that it hasn't been pesticized. So it's a good thing when you find little things in our, in our, um, in our greens overall. I'm super happy. I'm like, yes, this is a natural thing, you know. It hasn't been, we haven't erased all the, all the ecosystem that makes this. So that is another thing. Um, what else? I was just going to say that overall, now that we're moving into fall and winter hermit season, um, I, my first um, 
my first thing here at the house and also at my own home is to um, turn on the oven. Uh, I suggest turning on the oven for two reasons. One, it's going to keep your house warmer. It's going to keep the heart of the house, the kitchen, warmer. And it also gives you an advantage to deal with um, food prep in a slower pace. I find it that if we are sometimes unsure of what we are going to prepare, but we know we have to deal with certain things that are spoiling in the fridge, in my opinion, the best way to deal with it is by roasting it. And I find that this time, um, the roasting time, the slow cooking of roasting something in the oven also gives us the time to reorganize ourselves a little bit and be more prepared to receive that food um, rather than just, oh, this is spoiling. I need to deal with this carrot and this beet and this potato and oh, I'm just going to boil everything in a pot and eat that. And the attitude that we're bringing to the pot is the attitude that cooks the stuff we put in the pot. Uh, and I find this so true for, for life. You know, in general, whatever we put in energy in what we're doing, that's sort of the energy that ends up um, getting distributed. Um, so because we're talking about um, nurturing ourselves and, and what will make us feel full, I find it that this is a really good uh, way of calming down and letting, you know, the rolling boil that gets into us just simmer a little bit, slower. Um, and I find it that it also helps us um, eat less, not in the sense that um, we should eat less, but we shouldn't necessarily eat more to feel fuller. Does it does it make sense what I'm saying? Or yes. Is it sounding too esoteric? No, especially with being with COVID, a lot of people talk about just eating to pass the time or fill up. I'm sorry, it's just. Um, and there is also, I I feel another um, another um, component that needs to be discussed, especially now with COVID is um, food literacy. What, what does it mean to, to have or to cultivate or to develop or to discuss food literacy and, and um, empower people to develop their own food literacy? Well, in my personal opinion, food literacy means understanding what is the food that you have in front of you? What is, the, what is that? Where does it come from? How was it? How, how did we grow that? Is it is it naturally? Is it indigenous to this region? Was it brought from somewhere else? Is it hard to cultivate? Does it need the use of pesticides? Was it was it grown in industrial scale? Was it grown organically? Uh, what do all these little names? mean? What does it mean industrial scale? What does it mean organic food? Um, 
or biodynamic food and uh, other categories categories of food. Uh, what is ultra? What is an ultra processed uh, food? BC is the only province that has a trans fat regulation in Canada. And in North America, there is only BC, California, and the state of Washington is still struggling to, to get their own. But we're the only province in the country that has a regulation regarding trans fat in, in, in food. What does that mean? What is trans fat? Why is it so bad for, for us? Where does it come from? We, until recently, most people dealing with trans fat, for example, didn't realize that trans fat occurs naturally in certain foods. For example, animal protein. If you buy a steak, if you measure an, the trans fat in an egg or in most dairy, natural dairy products, um, trans fat occurs naturally. And it, that is okay. In a natural setting, it doesn't affect us humans in in bad ways and it doesn't rise our cholesterol the bad cholesterol um, is not um, affected however if we eat something that has such high content of trans fat such as ultra processed foods um, we get in trouble pretty fast as in us humans it doesn't it doesn't make much difference uh, whether we are um, um, young or senior but it does make a difference if if you're already vulnerable to certain conditions uh, so trying to come full circle with this um, I would I would like to um, ask all of us here in this circle in this conversation circle to take a moment and think about how much um, how much it costs for people to purchase fresh food or to have access you know to fresh food this in, the, in this case this was harvested within 500 meters of Gordon House this is hyper local food and this is such a gift and this is such a precious gift. Why can't all of us have this? Are we not worthy of it? What, what, what impedes people, all people, to have access to fresh produce that tends to cost much more than the ultra-processed meal, pre-packaged meals or pre-packaged um, ingredients that, that are sold in the supermarket? Um, unfortunately, produce is much more expensive than whatever um, processed or ultra-processed food you can get. And there is a reason for that. Um, there are many reasons for that. But the most problematic reason, in my opinion, is that food can make us healthy and food can poison us. It's a blade, it's a knife with two blades, as, as some say. Um, um, but this doesn't occur naturally. Yes, there are poisonous foods, of course, but food itself 
a beet or the milk of a cow is not naturally poisonous. It is a human decision, it is a human choice to take a natural product and weaponize it somehow. <laughs> yeah, it's true because in my opinion, um, in, in, in from all that, you know, I've built my opinion on research and etc. cetera, uh, Food can make you sick in, in, in intentionally, as in there is an intention behind uh, producing such chemically made foods. Some foods you take the label and you look and you read behind it and you're like, what is this? It's all chemical language written here. There is, and, and it says it's, it's a cheese or it's a dairy product. And it's, it's a chemical formula written in the label. You're like, what is this? And we're eating it all over the world. We're eating it and we're getting sick from it. That is helping us get sick. And that is helping us get so sick that we need to get medicines that will not necessarily treat the problem itself, only the symptoms. So the problem, bottom line, is healthy nourishment. And it's feeling full healthily and not uh, feeling full out of so much fat and carbs and bad things inside of us. What are some things you were saying, some things that people might uh, make for themselves where they feel worthy of the time that it takes to make it? Well, um, coming back to coming back to turning on the oven now that it's getting cooler. Um, each each um, each vegetable has its own time of cooking. Um, so we know that usually turnips might cook faster than, let's say, potatoes, depending on the size of the potato, depending on the size of the turnip. But they are pretty similar. They both grow under under um, the ground. So what I would recommend is um, when we take something that we're going to cook, we, we should think about where does this come from? I know that the beet comes from under the ground and the carrot is also grown there. Maybe they can be together in, in a roast. Uh, just giving them time to cook together um, without adding too much to it. They're so filled with their natural sugars. We can just add a little bit, a drizzle of oil or a pinch of salt, a tad of salt, and just let them be. Of course, you should also take into consideration the size of it. A whole beet and a whole carrot is going to take much longer to cook than if we chop them smaller. And it doesn't have to be a super small French dice. On the contrary, if we do that, it's going to burn before it caramelizes. So we should also consider the size. And because we want it to take its time and cook in its own juices, then we could potentially cut in, in three or in four, the same with the beet 
quarter the beet and combine them in the in a sheet pan or in a roast pan and just leave them be all the oven but i don't know the temperature it's okay we know we know that it's going to take a long time to cook if we put them in a very low temperature and it's probably going to burn before it cooks if we put it in a too high temperature so we're not going going to go for 500 and we're not going to go for 100 we should Think always for roasting um, in this slow pace, think between 200 and 350. You're not in a hurry. Hmm. And they are not in a hurry. How long did it take for them to grow under all that ground, all that earth on top of them? So hermit season, mode on. Let's do things slowly. If we're in a hurry, and we're usually in a hurry. We can think of having easy made sides or complements to our roasted veggies and other roasted goods. I definitely recommend for those who can eat grains to invest in um, brown grains or um, whole grains. So um, brown rice, there are so many varieties of brown rice. We don't have to stick to one. We do have basmati brown rice we have jasmine brown rice and some other um, sources as well uh, wild rice is delicious and it does take longer to cook but maybe that's a very good match for roasted slow roasted goodies um, also beans Beans in general, not just black beans, kidney beans, but all beans, green beans as well, uh, white beans, um, those broad beans that can or can be shelled or not. Um, this was, these were also harvested lately. These are also late uh, season, late summer beans. Um, but lift them up a little bit closer to the camera. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. These are natural beans. We, we will still find them until late November, if we're lucky, I'd say. Um, and beans and pulses are such a great source of minerals. And if you... If you can have access to them dried, that's great because you can soak them overnight and prepare a large batch in a pot. And then you have beans um, for quite a few meals. Also, cooked beans can be frozen and they're safe to eat after thawing and, and reheating. Um, but it, it, it puts a certain ease with these sides because roasted vegetables they're, they don't freeze so well. They can be frozen, of course, but they taste better made fresh or the, the day after, after they set in their juices. Um, but beans can, can be frozen, can be frozen quite easily. And, and also grains can be frozen. After cooked, you can uh, freeze, you can freeze all rices, um, and ancient greens such as um, millet, spelt, um, corazon, uh, even wheat berries. So 
I definitely recommend us having some bases prepared because it's it's not that um, it's not that easy to have energy to cook every day. I relate. I can relate to that. Um, and even even um, when we do have the energy, sometimes our ideas are bigger than the energy we have to put it all together. So perhaps having one container of uh, already made rice or one container of already made cooked beans um, helps us a lot. If I have a little bit of chickpea, I can whip up something with this kale that is getting sad. You know, I can chop my kale, make a quick um, garlic fry. If you don't have garlic, you can just use garlic powder. If you don't have garlic powder, you can just use whatever seasoning you'd like. Heat up a little bit of oil, put up the seasoning like cumin or whatever. Warm up the spices before you put the produce in um, to make that little saute. It doesn't, you don't have to put onions and garlic to make a little saute and get all the, those flavors. It's, it's easier and faster if you warm up the oil a little bit and put the seasoning directly there. The oil will, um, the oil will activate the essential oils in those spices that you have in your mix. So that is, that is a good tip, I find, for um, prepping whatever products you have. Um, it's an ancient technique that um, Indians have used for millennia. They warm up the oil and then they put the spice in there. The warm oil releases the essential oils of the spices and that flavors everything that you put in. Rather than putting the kale in and then sprinkling the seasoning, that will work, of course. It will season, but it's a different depth of seasoning. When you warm up your spices and seasonings and when you put them cold, on the food. So, are there two or three people that have a question that you'd like to ask? Yeah, I have a question. Um, talking about roasted beets. Um, now, when you cook beets normally, um, I cook, the, I boil them, I cook them whole because otherwise all the, the red, you know, the, the deep red juice runs out and you end up with pale beets. So when you roast them, you said to cut them up, so don't they bleed out when you cut them up and roast them? They do, they do. So we should, we could definitely bear that in mind. That, for example, if you if you <clears throat> cut the the beets and mix them with whatever vegetable, everything will have a, a pink tint to mm -hmm. it. Uh, you can also roast them separately in the same tray or in the same oven but still separately. Um, I also suggest for, for beets in general, everything red in general or purple. I also have a, I have a red cabbage here. Hmm. Everything that is red or purple in nature has um, a compound um, that relates to cyanin. 
and cyanin is blue, is, is the color blue in nature. So everything that is red or purple, in order for you to keep the color of it, um, one should try and use acidic elements, such as lemon juice, apple cider. That yeah. will hold the, the color of it. Vinegar. Uh, pardon? Vinegar also? Vinegar, yes. All vinegars are friends of yeah. the red stuff. Um, and this works for beets, cabbages, bell peppers, uh, peppers in general. Um, the color really holds um, when you use acidic um, elements, vinegar. And green things like salt. That's why in, in, in restaurants, for example, or in TV shows, in order to keep that vibrant green in the broccoli, we put lots of salt in the water. When we blanch um, greens, you usually make a very salty bath to cook broccoli, Brussels sprouts, green beans, um, uh, even even leafy greens as well. If you're if you're um, cooking them, um, wilting them, you shouldn't you shouldn't go until it's brown. When it's brown, it's bad. Brown means nitrogen is being released by the leaves, and we don't want that. Um, so, salt for greens and vinegar for reds. And I don't know if you know, but if you roast, if you can make a little um, coarse salt bed for beets, to, for roasting them in, in, in salt, they roast faster. Salt is also a great conductor for heat. So um, I I do I do have that at home and here at Gordon House I have a I have like we have baking beans. I don't know if you if you know the expression, but I know the expression of baking beans that can actually be beans that you use just for baking and, and then you toss them and compost them uh, after they are. Too, too many times used. You can have a uh, baking or roasting salt, like coarse salt. So take a box of coarse salt and keep that one just for baking, just for roasting, sorry. Um, it helps you with conducting heat and it also gives f flavor to, to whatever is coated in it. So that is one of my favorite ways of <laughs> roasting vegetables is making the, the bed, putting out the vegetables, putting a little bit more salt in the oven, forget about them. I don't forget about them, but put the timer for one hour and then you come and check it out. Tender, fork tender, perfect, delicious. If people have to watch this salt though, would it be better to use the baking beans, the roasting beans? If people if if people have to watch their salt, if they're on a low salt diet or have hypertension. So if, if, they, if they are on a low salt, um, I would recommend not using the skins of whatever vegetables you use and, and keeping this, this um, method for uh, thicker skinned um, foods such as um, potatoes, turnips, beets, and carrots, and not so much for zucchini, bell peppers, and, and um, squashes, if they are softer. 
because the soap will penetrate. You can always wash away the 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 crust that the salt make, um, but with harder with harder uh, vegetables, it would be safer to to both scrape the salt and 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 take the skin off eventually, rather than have it too salty. Um, another suggestion is also if you're like I do here because our program is currently serving. Um, seniors that are in isolation here in the West End and I keep that in mind by not uh, offering a high salt intake or a high carb carbohydrate intake um, so if I do the salted roasted vegetables that's the only element in the meal that gets salted everything else is made without salt exactly because I know that it could potentially be too salty so for example if i'm making a mashed potato um a, a large potato mash i might do a combination i might boil some potatoes and roast some potatoes also to adjust consistency so i don't have to use cream or i don't have to use dairy or i don't have to use anything else rather than just the potato a little bit of its cooking water and its own flesh Okay. Well, unless anyone else has a question, I want to thank you for coming and spending time and giving us those ideas. I had never thought of roasting beets. I've, <laughs> I've bought them, and sometimes they've gone bad because I didn't know exactly what to do with them. So I will try roasting them and as well mixing them with some other uh, hard vegetables like carrots. Yes, absolutely. I think... Um if I can leave you all one suggestion, one meal suggestion is a warm salad. Roasted something with fresh something. Mm -hmm. so it's very easy. You can go any flavor profile you feel like. You can go tahini. You can go olive oil. You can go uh, lemon. You can go uh, soy sauce. Everything, everything goes. And this combination of something roasted and something fresh is, I don't know, I, I find it delicious. They just, they join perfectly. <laughs> well, you, you touched upon something else that's going to be connected to a topic we're having next week. Next week we're talking about the whys, hows, and when of voting. And this question of why aren't there places nearby, local foods where people can get uh, produce uh, at a more reasonable price. Those are some of the kinds of questions that we're talking about people could ask rather than just the same three or four questions that people always get asked about their, their platform. Mm -hmm. uh, and then could you tell, what are the, how does someone get involved with Neighborhood House or the meals that you have there? So um, our facility is currently close to the public due to COVID restrictions. And we've pivoted all of our programming to online and the meals that we used to serve fresh here in, the, in our big room are now frozen and delivered to the seniors. I would recommend um, people reaching out to us through social media. We are on Facebook and we are on Instagram. Uh, but we also do have um, staff 
in the house every day, picking up the phone and talking to the community, giving them resources and etc. So I can share both of it. Um, if anyone is interested, please check out Gordon Neighborhood House uh, at Facebook. That's our name. Uh, we are also available at www.gordonhouse.org. That is our website. And we do have a um, right in the front, in the first page, we do have a contact us uh, that you can write an email or give us a call. Um, and to get more information about the Better at Home Meals program, I would ask folks to please refer to the website to get in contact with us through um, through that. We are currently serving uh, 40 seniors and families here in the West End every meet, every week. We deliver a, a five meal pack from which they can they get a menu every week and they can choose which meals they, they want to receive that week. We have meals with animal proteins such as chicken breast and um, lean ground beef and white fish and we also prepare vegan and vegetarian meals so we try to make a healthy mix and this program wouldn't be possible without the assistance and um, funding that we received from the Canada um, food center centers through the United Way of the Lower Mainland in association with the West End Seniors Network here in the West End. They've been fundamental for us to get these meals out. Um, we are going to continue the program throughout the winter and we hope to secure funding to keep this going for as long as it's necessary. Though we hope and we work for a day that this will no longer be necessary. Yeah. Well, That's thank you very much for being our guest, and uh, thank you. With we we're exploring, experimenting with our podcast, how we can have things like demonstrations of craft, demonstrations of food, and we've experimented with demonstrations of exercise. So I'm full of gratitude for your being our first <laughs> cooking case. Uh, talk and demonstration. Uh, now, another way that we share on this program is through the creative arts. And one of the first things that we were sharing when we started with the Zoom podcast back in March was poetry. So Neil Ryan, our, one of our, well, we have about four poets within the group, but today Neil has got a couple of poems that he's going to share with us that reflect on different aspects of fullness. Thank you very much. Let's hey, obrigado, Amanda. Which is Portuguese for thank you. Um, I'm going to try those beets because I look at them in the grocery store and I say uh, the, the beets are sour and bitter, and so I'm going to I'm going to try some. I have uh, 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 Sister C. Charlotte asked for a couple of poems that I have in my book, and uh, 
I don't know <clears throat> which is the which is the first one to to share with you, but <clears throat> I wrote a poem for Mother's Day, and it's called Ordinary Mary. Mary, Mary, quite ordinary. What were the dreams you dreamed? And did any of them come true? Did any of them ever come true? I never really knew, <clears throat> knew you or what needs you had. Whatever they might have been, you kept them all to yourself. And I apologize because I never thought to ask. Mary, Mary, quite ordinary. I knew you were my mother, and that was all I knew of you. It never occurred to me that you were a person, too, who had a life other than to be there just for me. Tell me, Mary, what was it that you aspired to be or to do? Mary, Mary, quite ordinary, what were the thoughts you had as you moved, in, as the evolution passed you by in the blink of an eye from oil lamp light to spacemen walking on the moon. As a girl, did you dream you were to be married, bear children, live, a, live, live life and grow old out on the farm? The farm the bank took because the rains that never came. Mary, Mary, quite ordinary. I heard that times were tough when I was little. And, what, and whenever I was frightened, you took me to your rocking chair. The one you rocked me in when you were frightened too. As I grew older, I labeled you as nothing fancy, nothing bold. Just a housewife in this city with a family to look after. Mary, Mary, quite ordinary. For seven days and seven nights, the rains did constant fall. And again, you lost your home. Only it wasn't drought this time as the river overflowed and swept away all of our possessions and the memories that they held. Afloat out on the lake, just a mile or two away, but gone forevermore. Mary, Mary, quite ordinary. I knew so little of who you might have been. So now that you're gone, but not forgotten, I wish I could tell you that you'll be in my heart forever and to thank you oh so much for being my ordinary mother. Awesome. <laughs> Anyone have a, a comment before he goes on to the second one? No comments. That's okay. I just, <laughs> I just want to say thank you because uh, I feel like it's very timely. I, I've been thinking about my mother who has been dead for 25 years and how little I knew about her hopes and dreams. and And it really... It really kind of pained me to to think that I didn't look at her as a human being. I just looked at her as my mother, and with all of these these sorts of responsibilities and 
um, you know, where she put all of these things aside uh, for, for me and my sister. And now how much I really wish that she had shared or had space to share more of her humanity, <laughs> you know, of re- what really made her tick. So I, I really appreciate the, the, the poem because, um, yeah, I think it, it speaks to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it really does. It, 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 I, 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 I like the line that, uh, that says, I, I, I'm sorry, I apologize because I never thought to ask. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like, Mary, Mary, quite ordinary. I knew you were my mother, and that was all I knew of you. So, thank you for the comment. I I, I appreciate. Can I add something? Yeah. It's Joe. It's me. Yeah. Sorry, I don't have my video on because the internet connection is a little crazy. I have my mom here with me right now, Ooh. so I'm going to get her to say hi. Hi, mom. Everyone. Hi. <laughs> hi, Joel's mom. Yeah. Oh, one sec. Dear Lord. No, just say hi. Say hi. Hello. (laughs) Hello. I'm going to put her on the video anyway. Here it comes. I hate this technology. That's nice. Hello, everybody. Hi. This is my mom. What's your mom's name? This is Lorraine. Hi, Lorraine. Hello, Lorraine. Grandma Bear, Bear, I call her. Mama Bear. Trying to cook yourself. And this is uh, Luke's grandma. So this is my mom, Luke's grandma, right here. Hi, Luke. Where are you? <laughs> in Vancouver. Oh. So okay. anyway, that was a great poem. And it, I just, I'm here with her right now. So I figured I'd be like, get her into the mix. No, no, no. Very, very <laughs> timely. Uh, very <laughs> so Joe, Neil also I had, had another a, one. Yes, I was Go going to that one. There's a, wrote us a Thanksgiving poem. <laughs> Yes, I have a Thanksgiving poem. It's called Inappreciation. Today is Thanksgiving. Is there anything I can be thankful for? Certainly not the dysfunctional consumer society which we all endure. Separated from the heart, to call it prosperity is indeed faint praise. Certainly not big oil, big pharma, big business. They steamroller over anything and everything that gets in the way of their greed. Certainly not the education system structured to paint a million variations of people with the same brush and then measure them all with the same yardstick. Certainly not the troubles and turmoils of life, the groundlessness, the impermanence that means life is ever-changing, leaving little, if anything, that one can rely on. So what am I grateful for? I am grateful that I live at a time of the greatest prosperity ever created. I live in a time of the greatest amount of knowledge available to most everyone. I am grateful that I enjoy friends and fruits of uh, foods and fruits of many lands. I am grateful for the mountains I've climbed and the beaches I've walked. 
I am grateful that much of nature's beauty still exists. I am grateful for the myriad of experiences I have had in this lifetime. I am grateful to the parents who, despite of their struggles, gave me life and nourished and sustained me. I am grateful for the people and spirits that have guided me through this lifetime. And I am grateful for the adventure of being born into the perfect time and place for me. Thank you. The comments. I see. Uh, <laughs> I had to take myself out of mute because Stephanie and I were like, I wasn't here. Oh my goddess, <laughs> Neil! I was already crying with the Mother's Day poem. <laughs> now every word that you spoken has resonated so deep within me. Oh my God. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, uh, can I say obrigado to you? Thank you for sharing. Thank you for holding this space, Charlotte, and everyone for these words. It's That's why my book is called From the Other Side, is that the, the words are, I'm just the scribe who writes down the words. Where they come from is another one of life's blessings to me. Marvelous. Well, I'm so grateful for your words. And, you know, with with the, the things that you said at the beginning, that there's so many things that people spend a lot of time talking about that aren't going right. So those simple things for being alive at this time, for having an opportunity, that really affected my thinking. And um, as we go into next week with the with Thanksgiving, uh, on the one hand, I was feeling sad about all the things you know I were doing on the night before with my mother preparing and cooking. But it, that poem kind of just flipped the switch to say with whatever it is we have now, we have each other through this podcast. We have our friends and people that we're still able to reach out to, each of you in different ways. Chris, Gail, Leslie, Robin, you write, you do things that do help make life better for people. So I am thankful that we are here at this particular time with the particular ways that spirit nudges us in the night to, like Amanda says, warm up the kitchen. <laughs> I'm grateful for that, that reminder that that was something my grandmother used to do. So thank you so much for having another day of us together on Powered by Age and Reach out and tell a friend, tell someone else that the good feelings, warm, fuzzy feelings that they could have by participating in this podcast. Charlotte, you, uh, I, I, can I just add the, the, the EFT tapping? There's only three minutes for oh, Yes. Yes, I, uh, I forgot. Uh, Neil has specializes in many things, but one of them is EFT, and it's a method that can help us with our feelings. So, yes, share that. I'm going to sign off because I'm expected at another meeting, but it was very nice to see you. I will see you next week. Yes, we're Happy grateful that you were everyone. here. Thank you, Robin. <laughs> Thank you. Talk to you later. So uh, I had cancer 10 years ago, and I... Uh, needed an alternative because I, I declined the, the chemo. 
And I learned uh, a few uh, modalities, one of which was emotional freedom technique. And uh, it's that it's called the tapping. And so I just want to just share one thing is that uh, there's a a thing where you hit the side of your wrist and you say, even though this is a difficult time for many people, including myself, I appreciate my life. So you do that three times, but then the tapping goes, okay, I just want to do three of the, 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 actually four. So I just want to do four of the tapping points, side of the eyebrow, side of the eyebrow, I deeply and completely love and appreciate my life. The side of the eye, I am grateful for the love of friends and gift of peace in this life. And then under the eye, even in these difficult times, I appreciate the love and support of friends. And I give thanks to my higher power for the gifts of each day. And then, and then you're doing another round of it. It says, I deeply and completely love and appreciate my life. I am grateful for the love of friends and peace in this life. I have much to be grateful for, including my daily bread and a warm, dry, safe place to sleep. And then the one on the top of the head, I deeply appreciate the gift of being born into this place and this time. Thank you. Now, what these points are, are acupuncture points to quiet the amygdala in the, in the brain. These are all connected to the amygdala. The amygdala is the rule book that the monkey mind has and tells you you have to live up to the rule book. And what this tapping does is that it quiets those difficult emotions that we have. So thank you all. Thank you for letting me share these words with you. Thank you for sharing them. And and as I was doing that, well, I felt like things were flying out of my back. (laughs) Just just that. So maybe that's something that we can incorporate each week as part of our ending, middle, or whatever, just so we have that emotional lift. So thank you so much for sharing. Gail, what's happening with you? Are you uh, going through some treatment? Uh, Yeah, uh, as you know. uh, And uh, I have me a naturopath who's very good. And uh, so I... uh, made a choice to do uh, an integrated approach um, to my cancer and uh, <clears throat> that, that involves uh, the usual chemo they give me and and mistletoe and um, All right. yeah, see, she's got her fingers up because you know you know mistletoe is used in Europe as, as part of the oncological treatment in Britain and Germany yeah. and yeah. Portugal yeah, and probably Brazil too yeah, and they don't know about it here, but Dr. Jessica uh, uh, Moore knows all about it because she uh, she was there, studied it, and then she worked down in uh, Arizona. She's a cancer um, specialist uh, uh, naturopath. Wonderful. Um, I, 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 I didn't want to suggest that you shouldn't be doing that when I said I didn't. I, I oh, no, no, I'm just, I'm just taking a different approach, that's all. I, I, exactly, and and it's the right approach for you. Or the right yeah, approach. Yeah. 
I had uh, I, I had time and and I did the surgery. So yeah. So I bought the time from that, and I went off in a totally. And also, I had a business in China, so I was traveling back and forth oh, there, yeah. and and did lots of acupuncture. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. That that's it. That's it. Um. So you did have some uh, good deep treatment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh no. I hey. I haven't seen a doctor in ten years, and my surgery was fifteen years ago. So I just yeah. got to say. Blessings. You're still on. here. I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. And looking beautiful and full of energy. <laughs> yeah. Well, my my uh, I love my my my. <laughs> I was out on Denman and on Denman Island with the gang, and my godson said, "Gail, he's 24." Um, he said, "Gail, um, you know, um, if you uh, he's 26 now. Um, he's you know you should change. You should uh, become a Buddhist uh, to match your head." <laughs> Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Oh, money, me home. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, well, I, I have good days, up days and down days. Yeah. yeah. So there you oh, go. Yeah. Well, thank you for nice bringing the spirit and helping us to have an up day. Yeah. yeah. And uh, maybe next time I, uh, we have a little time, I'll uh, demonstrate my... Uh, Bouncy, bouncy. I'm going to go and do my bouncy, bouncy. I've been sitting down too much. That's great to see you back, Gail. Hey, thank you. Nice to be back. And uh, maybe I'll, uh, a little more time is uh, being given to me, so maybe I'll get back to writing again. Yeah, so there you have yes. it. We're enjoying your writing, and also Chris's writing. Uh, <laughs> I know that uh, I've been bugging you about re- recording your story. So any of you who have got stories or poems that you shared, sometimes during a group session, uh, there's a lot of background noise. So on Tuesdays between 10 and 11, we are re-recording. So you could send me um, an, an email for a time for either at 10 o'clock or at 1030 to mm -hmm. record a story, a poem, or interview that you've done. Uh, yeah. Okay. yeah, you got, you got uh, my... Uh interview with Tim Bar too, hey? It's yeah. already been edited. That's Jesse's what I thought. Got it and it's, it's, I think it's it's posted or about to be posted to the, uh, we have a PBA website and we also have anchor.fm where recordings of our podcast can be heard. Yeah. Uh, uh, these stories, uh -huh. P PBA. Powered, oh, no, powered by age. I'm sorry. The oh, website is yeah. poweredbyage.com. Yeah, so Oh, okay, so I can get it there. Perfect. Yes. Because I'll tell Tim that. Yeah. And we're still doing some organizing with between the episodes and what we're calling listening sessions. The listening mm -hmm. sessions um, are stories, poems, interviews, and other novel things that people have presented. So, Amanda, if you have stories or poems, <laughs> jokes that you'd like to share, we are just making some, uh, you know, some people have an option. They'll be able to go on and listen to a whole hour of our, our meeting, or if they just want to quickly go to, to a session and just hear poems or just hear stories, uh, they're able to do that. So you're welcome to contribute. Thank you. Awesome. Maybe I can share a recipe? Yes, that would be good. Oh. That would be in the end, our novelties. <laughs> the end and spin. Spoken <laughs> recipe, like the old days, you know, you ask someone, how do I make this? And they would tell you the recipe. 
those spoken recipes. Well, That's Amanda, great. I would love to give you the family borscht recipe, Kozak Shanko family um, recipe for borscht. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> and you know what the secret is? Pork talk and um, bay leaf. Baby. And you have to put either vinegar or lemon to keep the red uh, stuff because it kind of wilts off. Otherwise, it kind of dry, uh, kind of, and uh, the color bleaches a little bit. But um, I did want to say, oh, I lost my thought. That's all right. No worries. Senior moment. Amanda, I have the world's greatest recipe for turkey. Uh-huh. It's absolutely, my men's group that I used to belong to would threaten to kill me if I didn't, when we went away for a week somewhere, uh, if I didn't cook my turkey. But it's really, really simple is, is that I use uh, mixed rice, the, you know, the, the Lunenberg, I think, is the brand, and I would cook it in orange juice. Mm. Mm. Okay. And then I would yeah. stuff the turkey with the cooked rice, orange juice, and it would keep the turkey as moist as my mouth is watering as I tell <laughs> as I tell you. It's an amazing dish because it's sweet and it's moist. And uh, the I'm sorry, there's just Michelle and I, so I don't cook my turkey anymore. So because it's it, it, it would last us a month. So. But well, uh, it's it, you just get the Lunenberg rice, the, the 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 mixed one that has some wild rice in it and some other things, and and uh, and, and, and cook it in orange juice. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Wow. Sorry, Charlotte. Yeah. We're gonna say something. Oh, I was gonna say I might try that for Monday. It sounds delicious. <laughs> And and I was gonna to say to Joel, you know, we 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 talked about uh, they've talked about um, G five for the the new phones and other things are like there was two point oh well we're going to uh, powered by age three point oh so things that we were helping us experiment today like doing a demonstration at the table uh, doing demonstrations by uh, yes Chris doing demonstrations. Of other things like the uh, EFT, we're going to be exploring that. So any idea that you have, just keep it on, bring it to the table. We are, you can send me an email for an idea. We are scheduled uh, for next week. We have a schedule. It's going to be kind of preparing for the election that's happening the next week. We're not talking about any politician or giving any politician a platform. However, we will be talking about uh, the who, what, and why of of voting. And we have some (laughs) guest speakers. Marion, our uh, board chairman at the 411 Center, has got a couple of of guests, but each of you have a different experience idea that you'll be welcome to share. So without further ado, I will say to all of you, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) Thanks, Thanksgiving. Love you. Bye, Jared. Oh, thank you so much. Bye, Jules, Mom. Bye, everyone. Charlotte, thank you so much. Thank you so much.